Again, we want to welcome everybody this morning. In spite of the cold weather, you know, some of us braved it. Some of us, you know, are traveling. Some of us are ill. But the, those who God permitted and allowed to be in God's house this morning, we're here by God's grace. In the same spirit of worship that we just sang that song that taught us and that reminded us that God's presence is here with us. And if God's presence is here with us, let's then listen to God's word. As I read from Matthew, I'm going to start a little bit before in verse 10, but you will catch up with me in verse 12. Uh, in verse 12. Listen to and for the word of the Lord. When they saw the star... They were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary. And they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure's chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up and flee. Go to Egypt with a child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to search for all the child and kill him. That night, that same, very same night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother. And they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled the Lord's word as was spoken by the prophet, saying, I called my son out of Egypt. The word of the Lord. Whether you have been here throughout the entire Advent season or this is your very first time with us, we are actually finishing today a series that was called Angels Among Us. That is why you see the things flying around in the feathers and feathers in the, in, in the Advent uh, 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 wreath and throughout. Because they are, I mean, we don't know if angels have wings or not. That's not the point. And notice that they don't have bodies. They're just wings because basically an angel is a messenger. And we are focusing on that aspect of, of, angeli, of angelology. There's actually a study of that thing. Uh, and, and basically, so we're, we are, they are messengers. And the theme throughout the entire month has been, if God has sent his message with more hope, more peace, more joy, more love, we are then in turn those messages to go out and tell the community, tell our neighbors, our family, there is more love, there is more hope, there is more joy, and there is more peace in our lives. In the first apparition of five apparitions, today is the fifth one, we just read about it. In our first apparition, we saw a barren couple, Zechariah and Elizabeth, in despair and hopeless, who finally received the message that they were going to be children, that they were going to be parents of a child. God had taken the despair and frustration of the family and turned it into hope, and they were the parents of John the Baptist, and I always say, not the Presbyterian. In our second apparition, the angel came to a young girl who was barely a woman, a maiden. And in all apparitions, the word says, do not be afraid. So the angel had to tell Mary, do not be afraid. And she, in terms, decides to find purpose, finds meaning, and discovers that the opposite of peace in life is denial. 
but she embraced the call of God and therefore she became the mother of the Prince of Peace. In our third apparition, the angel appears to Joseph the first time in a dream. Joseph was worried because now he has a situation that he is betrothed to a girl who's telling him a great story. I'm pregnant from God. <laughs> he was worried. He was anxious. He didn't really know what to do. But he trusted God. And in the apparition, in this apparition, the angel tells Joseph, hey, dude, cool it. It's okay. I'm in charge of this thing. I'm actually the father of that baby. Okay? And he's going to be the son, so don't worry about it. I am in charge of this. I've planned this way before, and you're just playing in my part. So the funny thing is that in all these stories, God uses us, and God comes to the scene in our lives. Because God does not do God's thing apart from us. God is involved in our lives. God enters the scene in our lives to make it better. And many times it's to disrupt it. Every time one of these individuals receive one of these apparitions, the angels have to say, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. You know, we have these pictures of angels that are pretty and, 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 and they're cherubs and baby-like and that kind of stuff. That, if I see that, I don't think I would react that way. But if I see whatever they, all those people saw, they were afraid. They were scared. And I think, and I repeat again, the words don't be afraid. No, I won't go there. The words don't be afraid is not only for the moment of the apparition, but because when God sends a message, when God enters the scene in your life, your life is going to be turned around. It's going to be twisted. It's going to be changed. It's going to be different. So he's telling you, don't be afraid because I'm here, but don't be afraid because I'm going to do great things in your life. That's the message. So in that third message, Joseph discovered that the opposite of worry, that the opposite of joy was worry. And he decided to believe God, and therefore he was joyful because not only was he able to keep his girlfriend, but he was also the father, stepfather of the Son of God. Last Sunday morning, Christmas Eve morning, we saw how the angel appeared the fourth time. This time it appeared to the shepherds, pouring out to the lowest of the lowest, pouring out God's love. Notice that the angels did not appear to the government office. The angel didn't appear in the palace. The angels did not appear to, to, to the temple and the priests and me. Didn't come to me. Came to Chip, no. <laughs> Just kidding. The Lord actually went to the lowest of the lowest. Sorry, not the lowest of the lowest. I forget this. The next to the lowest. The lowest of the lowest were the leopards. The shepherds were there too. They were not allowed in temple. They were not allowed in any government office. They were unclean. They were dirty. They did un unspeakable stuff. So they were kept away. But yet it is there. It is in that population that God decides to enter the scene of earth and announce to the lowest of lowest that the king has come, the savior has come. And you know the great thing about it is I've always compared God's love with water. And water always finds its lowest place, right? So does the love of God. Find his lowest place in our heart to heal, to restore, to soothe, to build up. And then God doesn't stop there just sending a little bit of water that's going to get to that lower part. But keeps sending love, more love, pouring out more love in so many different ways in our lives. That we don't even, we, if we stop to count that we would be overwhelmed to the point that God's love overflows. To the point that then we share it with others. See the imagery? God's love is like water. 
And so God meets the, the shepherds where they're at. God did not ask the shepherds to go to a government office where they're going to be rejected. God did not ask the shepherds to go to a palace, to a priest, or to the temple. Go to Mary, and you will find him in a stinky food trough in a cave. They were used to that. They work with animals. So God met them right where they were. This morning, I wish to invite you to, to look at our last apparition. Of the five apparitions in the story of Christ, this is our last one. Enter the scene, the wise men. People from the Orient who had been seeing stars and they were Zoroastrians. At that time, these wise men were everything. When we think of college, these days we think school of education, school of science, school of physics, chemistry department, biology department, all those departments in a college. Well, in those days, these wise men belonged to a college where all that was together. They were experts in every field that there was to be. You know who was a wise man back in the Old Testament? And who, was, who actually worked in that school of wise people? And who was brought from Jerusalem to become one of them 800 years before Jesus? His name was Daniel. Why do you think the wise men knew about the Son of God coming? They knew the stories. They had the Hebrew scriptures. And suddenly they saw it being fulfilled. And they looked back and said, oh, this guy 800 years ago, one of us actually talked about it. So they ventured out and they found Jesus, not in the palace, not in the temple of a king or in the palace of a king, but at home with his mother. What a beautiful scene. At home with his mother. They enter and they go to the powers that be. And when they speak to the powers that be about the king of kings, the powers that be get jealous. Jealousy, competition, threat became violence, persecution, and oppression in this situation. Here we have the son of God, barely a toddler, and his troubles with the Roman Empire and institution had already began. Through oppression, violence, fear, and hate. We ask ourselves, how might we usher more life when we do not fear? In the face of fear, how can we deal with more life and deal with all destructive things that take away the blessing from God? Well, in our text, we, we, we find, you know, one last time, the message comes, do not fear. And it says, get up and go. Get up and move. Get up and get going. You see, because the opposite of life is apathy. Apathy in the Greek is no feeling, no motivation, no... Mm. You get that? That's Puerto Rican for whatever. They got no ump. So the angel shows up at a dream, tells, you know, uh, uh, Joseph, get up and go. He gets up. He goes to the kitchen. He turns off the coffee maker. He gets the paper from outside. He sits sipping by the window. Did he do that? The scripture tells us that that very night, he got up, he took the child and the mother, and they went out to Egypt. They dodged town. I don't, he, the angel told him, he's coming for you. So what father would not do the impossible to take care of their family at that moment when threats of that nature come? It is very human to have experienced that fear, and yet he must have been used to the angels because this time the angel didn't really say, do not be afraid. 
So Joseph had become accustomed to the angels. And he heard and he believed and he got up and he moved. You see, that call, that, that amazing apparition of get up and go is a call for action, not a call for doing nothing or paralysis. Get up and go is a herald of message that Joseph needed to hear to save his own life. Jesus uttered those words, I remember. I look back and I remember Jesus uttering those words. Get up and go to a paralytic who was brought down from the roof thatch that was broken. They lower him down and he says, get up and go. And the man grabs the bed, gets up and go. This was a man who was in paralysis, maybe in apathy, maybe in despair. And Jesus suddenly enters the scene. Get up and go. Jesus also uttered those words many times when he healed people from paralysis. Jesus uttered those words when he healed the blind, the blind who denied their reality, the blind who denied God in their lives. He says, open your eyes and get up and go. Jesus uttered, uh, uttered those words as he offered hope for the woman at the well. That she got up herself and went and told others in the village that she had met the Savior. Those words were also uttered to Zacchaeus, but in a different way. Get down and go and make a party, for I will be dining in your home today. And that transformed Zacchaeus and his entire community for that visit. These words were also uttered to Jesus, from Jesus, when he gave, listen to this, more life to Lazarus. He says, get up, rise up, and go. Fear. Is the biggest obstacle between you and an amazing life. Fear may be standing in the way between you and your success in marriage, in relationship, in business, in whatever. Fear may be blocking you and your blessing. Fear may be a distraction between you and the victory meant for your life. Fear disguises itself. It masks itself as worry, as denial, as grandiosity, as apathy and despair. But God has sent the light, our Savior. God has given us the victory, our Lord. You see, because the opposite is apathy. No. Get up and go. Do not fear, said the angels five times, as they offered hope. Do not fear, said the angel five times, because I bring more peace to you. Do not fear, said the angel five times, because God is planting more hope in people's lives. Do not fear, said the angel five times, because God is pouring more love in your life. Do not fear, because God is bringing more life in this new year. This new year, as we face, some people face it with fear. Some people face it with uncertainty. We believers in the God who sent messengers, in the God of message who has transformed you and I into that message. We are the ones to not be feared. We are the ones to be out there sharing that more peace, sharing that more love, sharing that more joy, sharing that more life that is in Jesus Christ. I'm reminded by the words of the epilogue when the book of John was created and put together. It says, the word gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness cannot extinguish it. In 2018, my dear congregation, 
In 2018, my dear sisters and brothers, in 2018, children who are listening at this moment, in 2018, seniors who are here, middle-agers, boomers, whatever, millennials, get up and go and fear no more. Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for your word is alive and your presence is here. We thank you that you come right at the moment when our life is almost in despair. When we want to deny it all and we're almost willing to give it all up. But you show up, you interrupt our existence and you change it. But fear sometimes takes over. Its masks and disguises betray us. But you send your spirit with your light to show in the falsehood of those disguises and to show us the light that we have no reason to be afraid of your presence. Instead, we should be with open arms receiving your peace, your love, your joy, receiving more hope and more life for this new year. We thank you for those who are here this very morning. We thank you for those who will be around next year still, in just a few hours. But we thank you, Lord, that you're going to carry us to greater places, individually and as a congregation. Keep us united. Keep us sane. Keep us together. Keep us under your headship. Also, I want to, to pray, Lord, for our community, the, the hospitals, the doctors, the nurses, the teachers first responders, our business, Burger King people, the church's people. Bless them. Prosper them. Show them your way, your life. Not the judgment and the rejection. Oh, there's too much out there of that. But the welcoming arms in peace, in acceptance, full acceptance of Jesus Christ. Bless those who are from our congregation who are homesick. Bless Nancy Patrick, especially this morning. Bless Suzanne, who's here trying not to share her germs. Bless all of us, O oh God. And thank you for teaching us to pray that beautiful prayer from the Lord saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debts. And lead us not into temptation, for then is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.